Kansas voters head to the polls August 2nd to nominate Republicans and Democrats for all sorts of political offices in preparation for the November general election. The campaign ads have already started flowing. But one issue that could have slipped under the radar of some Kansans is presence on the August ballot of a proposed amendment to the Kansas Constitution. The amendment, embraced by conservative state legislators and lobbyists, would essentially reject the 2019 decision by the Kansas Supreme Court. That decision found the Kansas Constitution's Bill of Rights protected a woman's right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, including decisions about whether to continue a pregnancy. It's an interesting debate, and joining the Kansas Reflector podcast are the Reverend Jay McKell, thank you for being here, and Ashley All of an organization known as Kansans for Constitutional Freedom, which opposes the amendment. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for being here and taking time out of your day. Ashley, let's start with you. Uh, the August vote in Kansas could, it could follow action by the U.S. Supreme Court striking down the Roe v. Wade decision that legalized abortion nationwide. What is at stake in Kansas with this amendment? I think, as you pointed out, if this, um, if the leaked decision holds and they do, in fact, uh, strike down um, the uh, Roe, um, Roe versus Wade, um, it, it definitely uh, raises the importance um, and the urgency around this particular amendment. Um, it's an absolutely unprecedented moment, um, and uh, it reinforces just how critical it is that we uh, stop this constitutional amendment in Kansas and make sure that um, Kansans, women, um, have the right to make these personal health care decisions um, free from government interference. You know, sometimes it's hard for people to connect their lives to political maneuvering, but in this case, it's very poignant. It could be a very personal vote for a lot of people. Reverend McKell, why are you involved in this issue? I spend a lot of my life professionally as a pastor uh, working with families about a great variety of uh, issues, ethical issues, moral issues. I have had certainly some conversations with uh, women or families facing the issue about a problem pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the church has a significant role to play in helping people navigate uh, those waters. Um, and for me, it's, it's um, as a Presbyterian, I've, I have grown up in a denomination that has struggled with this issue for 50 years. I think we have a, a message to give about uh, the value of human life and uh, the role of women and the, the importance of their being able to make choices for their own well-being and for the well-being of their families. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, those, those are good reasons to be involved. Actually, the amendment required two-thirds majorities of the Kansas House and the Kansas Senate to be placed on a statewide ballot. Now, when people go to vote in August, a simple majority of the people participating will determine the outcome of that. So it's 50% plus one person. Mm -hmm. And remember, unaffiliated voters can weigh in on the abortion amendment. How do you propose that Kansans for Constitutional Freedom will strive to influence the electorate this summer? So we've already been doing a lot of work, um, talking to voters, getting out in communities, um, because, you know, most Kansans are somewhere in the middle on this issue. Um, they do believe that women have um, should have the constitutional right to make choices about their their body, about medical decisions, um, and so we have just been sharing that um, that message with voters all across the state, and have been um, you know really pleased by uh, 
um, the support that we've been seeing, and also, um, you know, just the the passion and the urgency that people feel about this issue. I think that, as you mentioned earlier, the row um, uh, the leaked row decision really opened a lot of people's eyes, um, um, and and made them realize that this is this is. Um, an important issue, and right now the only thing, um, if that decision holds, the only thing protecting uh, women's rights in Kansas um, is the the limited right that's um, that the uh, Kansas Supreme Court found in 2019. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we have been out um, canvassing, talking to voters, um, and we'll be doing other things to communicate that message to um, to the voters of Kansas. Okay. On the other side of the coin, of course, will be Kansans for Life and other assorted organizations. Do you think this is an issue that's going to draw money from outside the state? Think about Roe, uh, that you know, if Kansas could kind of be this first, uh, first kind of public vote in a state about this right after Roe. Do you think out-of-state organizations are going to be involved in, in the Kansas vote? I mean, I think there's a lot of interest in um, in this issue across the country. Um, and again, I think that that leaked decision um, raised the profile um, of the issue uh, all across the country. Um, and we've seen um, in states surrounding us um, a lot of um, very extreme bans um, that have been um, passed. And so it's it's um, it's hard to tell, you know, what the what what the summer will hold um, in the way of. Uh, funding and outside influences. I'm sure that there are a lot of different groups who are who will be interested, but um, we really are focusing on um, Kansans and protecting our rights here at home um, because that is um, the most critical um, and most important way to ensure the safety of women and, and girls. I should just throw in there that if this amendment passes, it sort of neutralizes the Kansas Supreme Court's idea of the Bill of Rights and, and where abortion lines up in that. And you will have the Kansas legislature, a political elected people in charge of deciding what constitutes abortion in Kansas. So if the amendment passes and Roe goes down, it's really a complete states' rights issue, and the Kansas legislature could ban abortion in all, in all manner in Kansas, I believe. Representative McKell, you mentioned this. As a member of the faith community, I imagine you experience complex discussions with families and individuals making decisions about abortion. These decisions are not all black and white, are they? Seldom black and white. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, this is a deeply personal issue. It's certainly a, an issue regarding one's sense of moral right. Um, and I think it's very important that, you, that we as uh, citizens uh, listen to what people are, discern what their situations are, uh, Try to pay attention to the big picture uh, rather than just the matter of uh, whether a person chooses to end a pregnancy or not. Uh, I have had experiences with, uh, occasionally with, with women who uh, face this kind of a hard decision, uh, who live in environments that are challenging at, at best uh, and who uh, need uh, to be respected, uh, who need to be valued. I think our faith teaches that uh, we all have within us the ability to make uh, moral, uh, good, faithful decisions. And helping, my job I think is to help people find uh, that truth for themselves and then to act on it. I think the bottom line of what you're saying is that it does boil down 
to an individual's choice, an individual's decision. And under the current law and standing in Kansas, people can make that decision to a degree. Right. Uh, right. And, and what's at stake here perhaps is the liberty interest of women to make that decision about their bodies and, and about their future and their families. And, uh, I think the church teaches us uh, that God respects women, trusts women, um, believes that women, uh, believes in women. Uh, and I think the current law in Kansas does exactly that. It respects a woman's right to make decisions about her life, mm -hmm. just as the church does. I'd like to keep it that way. So Ashley, what do you think Kansas will look like uh, in terms of women's rights, women's rights if Roe is overturned the Kansas Supreme Court is silenced? So I think it, we should quickly um, talk about what this amendment does. And the amendment very specifically gives politicians the power to pass any law they want regarding abortion, um, including a complete ban. Um, there are absolutely no exceptions um, in the amendment. It clearly states that they may regulate or they may make pass laws regarding abortion that um, including but not limited to situations of rape, incest. Um, and so we are giving politicians um, control over those decisions um, instead of leaving them to to Kansans. And so, um, you know, we've seen already um, a, a bill that was introduced in the legislature this year that banned abortion outright. Um, had very few, uh, if any, exceptions to save the life of the mother um, or for um, situations where um, women or girls are abused or raped. Um, and that is, I believe, out of step with most Kansans. Again, um, I think that most Kansans are somewhere in the middle and um, abortion is heavily regulated in Kansas already. And those regulations will um, will stand um, even you know if the amendment does not pass, um, and so um, I think it can it will be likely banned pretty quickly, um, just like our neighbors to the south. Reverend, just to add to what Ashley was saying, there's no exception, no implicit exception in this constitutional amendment to save the life of the mother, and when I see that, that just is a jolt to me. Okay, so think hypothetically. Um, we'll say there's a family and they've got three uh, healthy kids and they're financially stressed or they have other personal issues or there's a medical complication involving the mother, we'll say. And this pregnancy, this fourth pregnancy, could put her life in jeopardy. What, what does God say about the idea that a mother might have to carry a child to term and die for a political principle. Do you understand what I'm asking? A politician is asking a mother who could end up leaving three kids behind to carry a child to term at the risk of her own life. That's what this amendment could right, right. bring to us. So what's, what's the ethics of that? Uh, I volunteer once a week in an inner city school in Kansas City. All of my kids, fourth graders, are either Hispanic or African American. Uh, on any day of their lives, they face huge challenges. They all are on free lunch programs, free breakfast programs. Poverty is, just prevails in that whole community. 
And I think, uh, I think about those kids and their families and, and the hardships that they face on a daily basis. Um, lack of employment, uh, lack of a, a reasonable income that you could live on. I think what God wills for all humanity is uh, a rich and a full life. Uh, and that, is, that means a life that is, has opportunities uh, and that has choices. And uh, I think this amendment uh, fails to recognize the complexities of uh, so many lives, uh, situations in which people find themselves living. Uh, and, and the demands that are placed particularly on women of color, women who are poor. Mm -hmm. I think God wants more for them than they often have. And this, uh, uh, to um, abolish abortion, I think further complicates the world in which they live. I have to think, you mentioned economics, I have to think that certain states will continue to have a right to abortion, California, New York, you know, among them, perhaps. <laughs> And there'll be certain states in which it would be absolutely banned, like maybe in Texas or something. But the wealthy people will, will continue to be able to go wherever they need to go to receive family planning, abortion services. They can just get on an airplane and go to California. But there are many people who don't have that option. And it seems like they're going to pass a constitutional amendment here, a, a Supreme Court decision there, and really, this is going to come down to an economic issue. Ashley, do you think that's right? Do you think that's what we could end up with? I think in some ways, yes. Um, but I also think it's just, um, you know, there are, there are families um, who, for lots of different reasons, need, um, need to access care. And, um, and yeah, it, the hardship is going to fall on people who um, don't have the means to, to travel to do that if, if it's not available here. Um, but it's also putting lives at risk. Um, I mean, there are situations where um, pregnancies don't go the way they're supposed to, um, and care is need. You know, certain procedures are needed. You know, needed to be done to save the life of the mother. Mm -hmm. um, and those sometimes come down to minutes. Um, and we are looking at a future where doctors in Kansas. Are not may not have the ability to make those quick decisions to help save women's lives, um, or you know we're looking at a future where there are children who are abused, who are un, who are forced to carry children when they are still themselves children, and that is not um, you know those are not hypothetical situations. Uh, what we saw a couple um, weeks ago when when the leaked decision came out, um, you know there was an outpouring from people all across the state, people telling their own stories about, um, you know, how they were raped um, and needed access to care, or um, a mother who desperately wanted a baby, but her baby um, had a life-threatening, um, would have no, um, you know, quality of life, um, and had to make that choice, and that was a really painful choice, um, but that should be, um, that should be that woman's decision um, with her family, um, with her faith leader. Um, it should not be the decision of a politician in Kansas. You know, sometimes politicians, they'll tell us that they want to get government out of their back pocket, uh, and then they'll turn around and, and tell me uh, who to hop 
into bed with and, and, and so forth. I just, I think the conflict between sometimes the laws that are passed that invade our privacy are, there's a real partisan flair to it that sometimes I just can't get past. I think there's a lot about let's be pro-birth but not pro-child on the other side of this argument. Mm -hmm. I also just wanted to add, it, it, as Ashley was saying, I don't think any woman approaches a choice of, of like about abortion uh, easily. It's a complex, it's a hard issue. And to force a woman to go out of state uh, is counter to the way I think God wants the world to be. We're created to live in community, in family, in neighborhood, in church, in friends, and to force a woman facing a very hard decision to travel into a foreign setting, uh, wherever that might be, is to deny the woman the uh, context in which I think God wants us to make decisions. Reverend, I'm kind of curious, so some of the rhetoric that you frequently hear in the Capitol about abortion can be pretty harsh. For example, folks there will refer to others as pro-abort individuals, which just seems uh, seems inappropriate. I'm kind of curious, if, what does the Bible say, uh, the Bible offer insight into the issue of abortion? It's a big book, I, I know. It is a big book. Uh, not many people have read all of it, but uh, <laughs> were they to do so, I think they would discover, uh, perhaps to their surprise, that Neither the Old Testament, the Jewish scriptures, or the New Testament, the Christian scriptures, uh, condemn or prohibit abortion. Um, it's clear from the Christian context that what takes precedent over every dimension of our existence is the teaching of love. Love your neighbor, love your enemy, love the stranger, um, love all living things. And that takes priority over everything else. Uh, and should be the primary guide as we make decisions. And I think that leads to uh, loving a woman and her ability uh, to decide for herself. Ashley, what's the abortion landscape in Kansas going to look like? We, can you help us with the numbers of abortions in Kansas and what the trends are? And, <clears throat> and uh, you know, I know actions in other states have had an influence perhaps a little bit on, on what's going on in Kansas. Yeah, so I would first say that, um, you know, ca uh, counter to what I think the folks on the other side would say, um, abortion in this state is heavily regulated already. Um, you, it is banned after viability. Um, government funding of abortion is banned. There are uh, waiting periods, um, lots of regulations involving this, uh, this procedure. Um, and there are um, roughly, um, I think, like, 70% of um, the abortions that happen here are before nine weeks, very early. 90% um, before, I think, 12 weeks, very early. Hmm. Um, and there, is, um, there has not been one um, post-viability or what they would term late-term abortion um, since 2018, which is before the, the Kansas Supreme Court ruling and before um, Governor Kelly was elected. Um, so I think that the, the landscape is much different than um, some would um, want, you to, want us to believe. Um, and so those, those regulations will, will, again, stay in place. 
um, if this, you know, even if this amendment is voted down. Um, it, it, we, we do have a right in the Constitution, in the Kansas Constitution, to, to access um, abortion care, but it is a very limited right. Right. My sense is, is that abortion in Kansas is banned after 22 weeks. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yep. And uh, there's parental consent rules, and like you say, there's no government funding of abortion, and um, majority of abortions are occurring in the uh, first couple of months of a pregnancy. Very few, even in after 16, 17 weeks. I mean, it would be less than 5%, perhaps. Yes, 3%. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so there's a lot of claims that if this amendment fails, then this activist Supreme Court will rush in and, and just tear down all of these regulations that have been built up over the last 15, 20, 25 years. Is, have you, Ashley, ever heard anybody actually say that that's what the Supreme Court's going to do with any kind of authority? No. There are... Um, I don't believe there are any pending cases re regarding um, any of the regulations or, or, or laws. So no additional lawsuits out there challenging any of these rules that we have no, and that that's they'll the, remain on the books right. and that even is the if way. the amendment fails. Correct. That's mm -hmm. the, way, um, the way our legal system works. It has to work through the process. There has to be um, a claim. And, um, I believe that the the one that they the the case that they um, ruled on in 2019 was remanded um, back to the lower court, um, so it's still sitting there. But it's mm -hmm. that that's really the only one I know of. Well, actually, there must be polling of some kind, maybe in Kansas, uh, about abortion. So, has there been any done recently to give us a sense of where the general public is on this issue? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's probably been a lot of research done recently, but the, uh, um, some public polling that was done, um, I think it came out earlier, maybe earlier this spring, but was done last fall um, by the Fort Hayes, uh, Fort Hayes State um, Docking Institute of Politics, mm -hmm. um, showed that 60% of Kansans um, believe there ought to be some access to abortion care in the state. Um, and I, I can't remember, I think it was like slightly, just slightly over 50% that um, thought that you should, that they, you shouldn't ban it um, outright. Uh, so I think most Kansans, again, are in the middle um, and think there ought to, ought to be, um, you know, there ought to be right, you ought to have the right to access that care if you need it, um, you know, with, with reasonable um, limitations. Um, and so I think that's the interesting thing is that the majority of Kansans feel that way. Um, and I think that if this were um, on the general election ballot, it would be, um, you know, the entire population or a larger population of Kansas would be typically voting. But um, as you know, they put um, this particular amendment on the primary ballot, which is um, when prim partisan primaries occur typically. Um, uh, often unaffiliated voters do not participate at that time. Um, they absolutely can vote on this amendment and they absolutely should vote on this amendment. Um, but it's just, um, you know, not, not typical for um, some of the unaffiliated voters or independent voters. Perhaps a strategic uh, decision made by the advocates of the amendment to put it on the primary ballot where maybe the most hardened voters uh, 
who always vote no matter what, you know, go through a snowstorm to vote, uh, <laughs> would, would show up at the primary ballot. Uh, Typically and more cast partisan. Their views. Yeah. And so maybe they felt like uh, the really committed voters would be there and they could, you know, maybe both sides can concentrate on getting those people out to vote. Uh, I think that's right. I think the other um, thing that we need to realize is that it's a smaller electorate far fewer people vote in a primary than they do in a general election. So um, that is another variable. Um, that so they avoided the general election, which could get tangled up in other things like the governor's race and, and all of that. Um, I just don't know how the metrics of all the primary or the general election work out. Maybe just flip a coin. We'll see. We'll yeah. see how it works out. Yeah. May I well, make a comment about yes, polling? Yes, sir, please. Reverend, you can have the last word. Let, <laughs> well, let's well, let, probably not let's let God have the last word. <laughs> no, no, word no. Here. Well, you have me confused. <laughs> um, we, don't, we don't conduct polls in the Presbyterian Church, uh, but we have a very representative form of government, and for 50 years, the vast majority of Presbyterians have believed that it was important for a woman to have choice. And now it's been debated, we've argued about it year after year after year at, at uh, the uh, primary meetings of the Presbyterian Church. And I think this is true for a lot of Protestant denominations, uh, that again and again and again, through all this uh, turbulence of these last Roe versus Wade issues, mm -hmm. has repeatedly uh, come down on the side of uh, choice. All right, I think we're going to have to leave it there. I want to thank the Reverend Jay McKell and Ashley All of Kansans for Constitutional Freedom for joining us today and talking about this very important issue. And uh, once again, I, I want to urge everybody listening out there to go vote on August 2nd. Thank you very much. <laughs>